everyone, and welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, Monster Mania Radio. I'm Rob Dimension. The champ is still here. I'm Dave Hagen. The voice of reason, Doug Hagen. <laughs> and David Hagen. The voice that's, of that's reason. And, and David Hagen, like, <laughs> no no moniker, no... Well, I, I could no say... Tagline. I, I could say the... What was I in, in a... Um, I was in the fantasy football finals three years in a row. I scored more than 200 that, points in you this season. That's what all the losers say, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I threw for I threw more completions, but we didn't win the game this year. I took more shots on goal, but uh, they still beat us. You you won one year out of three years, and now that's and you won one year out of three years. Yeah, and and, and and you know what I had. And, and you're the you're the football fantasy expert. I'm I'm learning as I go. You and Todd Gurley. What can I say? That's hey, that's all you need. I had the foresight to pick him. Okay, so enough squabbling. We have, <laughs> yeah, we, right. have we have after losing my number one <laughs> running back in the first week. Oh Jesus Christ! First, first pick of the draft. Oh, but yeah, the first week I came back, Rob. After after he joked about Doug's running back being hurt the first week. Yeah, that's right. Karma. Let's, that uh, was karma. Let's right. proceed. Just cancel this. Yeah, let's proceed. So. You had just made an announcement, Dave, for Monster Mania to be the place to be come March with Tim Curry. Yeah, a long, long-awaited uh, chance to have Tim at the show. Uh, for those that have been following us for the 14 years we've been doing this, I guess it was around th- year three or four, um, we thought we had... A deal with Tim Curry, but then things kind of fell apart on us. Um, but I am super excited to say that we have definitely got Tim Curry for the March show. He's going to be appearing on Friday and Saturday. Um, just the list of films that he's done is incredible, and they're on so many people's favorite list. You know, the list of favorite films. You know, from Rocky Horror to the clown from the original version of it that aired on television to probably my favorite movie with him in it, Clue. Uh, he also played Darkness in the film Legend and so many other things. Uh, I'm really, really, uh, it's not too often that there's a guest that like I'm dying to meet that we have at the show. Tim's definitely it. I've, I've been wanting to meet Tim for a long time. I saw him in uh, Spamalot on Broadway. And man, I'll tell you, just the the stage presence that he has. The he's got that he's got that smirk that's just it's a combination of like he knows everything and enjoys like playing with it. You know what I mean? It's hard to explain, but he's just got this this um, this grin that is just you know uh, it's it's hard to describe. But it, it, it he's such. A force, whether he's on film or whether he's in uh, television, he actually played Gomez Adams in a television version of uh, the Adams Family reunion. Um, just, uh, I'm really, really excited to see him. Hey, Dave, let me ask you a question. Now, I know I've seen a lot of questions online about Tim's health. Uh, for those that don't know, Tim suffered a stroke a few years ago, and a lot of questions were popping up about his uh, how how things will be handled at the convention. Can you kind of Go into detail about that, so maybe you can, you know, help get some answers out there for people. Yeah, it's we're doing something with Tim that that is, you know, necessary due to the stroke he suffered in 2012. For those that don't know, he suffered a massive stroke in 2012. Um, from what I've heard, he's actually improved a bit, you know, from when it first hit him. Um, I know he had gone on a small convention tour, I believe. Uh, over the last couple years, didn't do too many appearances at all. He's not doing too many at all this year. Um, but I know uh, he's really not able to sign autographs at the show um, because it takes him, you know, quite some time to to complete it. Um, so what they're doing is they're bringing pre-signed photos uh, that you can pick up at the show. They're also having a drop-off service. Where, like, say you want your um, Clue DVD signed or you want your Pennywise Funko Pop 
items signed. Like you can pay to to have him sign it. Uh, though he'll sign it and then mail it to whatever address you give him. So, you know, he definitely does sign it. I believe they actually take a picture of him signing the item so that, you know, you know, like you have proof that it was signed by him. Uh, so besides that, uh, he's going to have basically his own photo op set up uh, at his tables. He's going to have a table or two with the merchandise on it. And then he's going to have a booth um, that he'll be doing the professional photo ops with everybody. Um, so that gives us all the chance to, you know, to meet him, uh, get the pro photo op with him. You so get the, it. So Dave, let me ask you a question just so you don't brush over that too much. The pro photo op is, is the whole weekend. Yeah. Tim will be doing the fo- the pro photo ops at his own booth, both Friday and Saturday. Uh, we didn't specify a specific time for people to get their photo ops. Like if you buy the Friday Tim Curry photo op, you can go up anytime during, I think his photo time is between five and 10. You can go up anytime during that period and get your photo op, you know, taken with him. We did that because we realized people are buying other photo ops for the room that's upstairs. Uh, and you know, we didn't want to be conflicting. We didn't want to have a Tim Curry photo op time. That would be the same one as the Candyman you know, in costume photo op. So we didn't want to make people pick and choose which one they they purchased or which one they could do. We wanted to make it so if you bought a Tim Curry one, you could get your photo op taken with Tim Curry anytime while he's doing the photo ops. He's doing the photo ops on Friday from 5 to 10, and he's doing the photo ops on Saturday from noon to 6. All right, so Dave... I'm going to want to know, and everyone else is going to want to know, are you done yet? Are there more guest announcements coming out? Well, Rob, actually, starting today, we will have a guest announcement every day of the week, Monday through Thursday for sure, possibly an additional one on Friday, or I might do two of them on one day. So, Dave, you're going to have a guest announcement Every day this week, at least four to five days. Yes, we are definitely going to have a guest announcement starting today, Monday. We'll have that probably tonight at 7. And then Tuesday we'll have one. Wednesday we'll have one. Thursday we'll have one. Possibly Friday, or like I said, I may have two uh, one of the days of this week. But I can tell you, these guests are are headliner-worthy guests at basically any show you've ever been to. Um, I can't believe the guest list we're putting together for this convention. It's crazy. Um, These are names that when you say the names, you're not going to have to look in the encyclopedia of movies or the encyclopedia of horror to figure out what role they played. You're going to know these people. Like You'll be one of the people on Facebook saying, you forgot to mention... This movie or that movie, because uh, I get that every announcement. Yeah. Well, I, I try to announce, you know, like I don't want the list to go on and on. I mean, that's why IMDb's out there. But like, I try to cover the major um, films or television work that you would know the person from. But I can tell you, uh, you know, the guests that we're going to announce this week are just incredible. I'm, I'm going to be going around and, and I really don't collect autographs so much for myself. I'm going to be going around getting autographs at this show, and that's no exaggeration. Um, really, really great names, great films that they've been in, um, classic, you know, I mean, you, you'll see. Uh, it, it's just incredible. The, this guest list, I, I don't know how we're going to top this guest list ever. Uh, you know, I always say, like, I try to make each show better than the last. I don't know how we're going to do that this time. Hey, Rob, do you want to sell tickets with me? <laughs> because on, if Big Dave's, Friday, go, it's if Big Dave's going around for his autographs, that means Little Dave's going around for autographs. That means I'm the Lone Ranger at the ticket table with kids and and wives. I, I got your back, man. If I'm I need not, your help. If I'm, if I'm not hosting a Q and A, man, I'm there. Hey, the Q and As have got to be are going to be stacked. It's going to be yeah. an amazing convention. I can't wait. I, I literally can't wait. And speaking of Doug. Doug, why don't you uh, – you broke some news this week about the convention. Maybe you can elaborate a little bit more about that if, in case they may have missed your post about that. 
in case you missed my amazing post, at which point you should punish yourself. Um, we are completely sold out of vendor tables for March. And 100% sold out. I have so many people emailing me asking if there's a waiting list. There is. Uh, you can email me directly. But the problem is not too many vendors cancel. Right. So in the event they cancel, I have the waiting list going. Um, but I am promoting the August show now. Uh, right before we started podcasting, I, I just had a vendor table ordered for August. And we have September tables up also. So uh, if you missed out on March, and I know there are a lot of loyal vendors that did. Well, you know what? Table not to now interrupt you, but, uh, you know, now we're starting to get the emails from the loyal vendors that did miss, you know, trying to get a table. And it's, you know, it's like we talked about, uh, I think, last podcast. Um, you know, I, I can't put tables where we're not allowed to have them, you know, and, and it's a shame. I mean, like, there's some people that have been with us for, you know, quite some time that want to get a table and we just, we, we don't have any left. And I, and I do think you guys do a really solid job about promoting that you're running low. You know, I mean, I share it every time that you guys post it. Other people share it. It gets, I see it not just on my timeline or on Doug's, but I see it on other people's timelines. Is this the fastest you've ever sold out, Doug, ahead of time? Yes, this is the absolute fastest. Uh, normally, last year at this point, we were at 50% sold. So, I mean, we've sold another 50% in a record time. Um, and you're right, I do post a good amount of vendor updates. In years past, we didn't. Um, but now I kind of saw that it was beneficial to post it as much as I could to let everyone know, like you're saying, there's a lot of shares that go around. Sure. And usually when I post that, a decent amount of sales spike up from the loyal vendors that are friends with me through Facebook or friends with dad, or obviously you, cause you share it. So all of that helps. But I mean, this was a record show. The guest list as dad's saying shows it. I mean, I'm at the point where he sends us a text like, Hey, got another star. You know, usually he tells us the name. Sometimes he likes to surprise us. And, uh, you know, both Dave and I are like, where's the room? You know, like, when are you going to cut it off? So that great guest list brought out the vendor sales at an amazing rate. Hey, Dave, let me ask you a question. This is a question you guys can all, all answer. When you first started, did you ever imagine that we'd be getting to a point where you would be, you know, basically selling out the hotel, selling out of vendor tables, you know, two months in advance you know, did you ever think that you would get to this point? Uh, when we first, first started, we'd have been happy selling out the Clarion, which was our original hotel. Um, so, I mean, now, and we talked about it before, uh, about going from, you know, the Clarion to the Hilton, which is now the Crown Plaza. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, again, even when we saw that, you know, that was, you know, growing like huge leaps and bounds. So, um I mean, at this point, I'd say nothing's a surprise. I can remember when we first went to the Hilton and we're walking around and I said, man, you know, we, we had what appeared to be a very successful show with our initial show, which rarely happens um, in the convention business, um, especially back then. I mean, we're talking, what, 14 years ago? 15. Is it 15 now? 15. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, y you know, when... That was crowded for the ho for the hotel that it was, but it was you know in retrospect now it's it was probably less than a third of what we used for this show, and then when we first walked into the Hilton when we were we had been given the offer you know from the Hilton to host the show, uh, we went to check it out. We we knew we had to go bigger, um, and man, like we were walking through and we're like if the same amount of people that seemed super crowded at the Clarion show up at the Hilton, we're going to look like we're empty. But man, you know, we've, we've expanded to different floors and we've expanded to, you know, the Riverside over the course of time. And, you know, if they had another, you know, meeting space that was equal to the Riverside, we'd probably take that too. It's just phenomenal. The support we've gotten over the years is just, you know, you see the same faces and, you know, I've, I see people that, you know, were kids, 15 years ago, you know, or, or, you know, teenagers 15 years ago that are bringing their families, you know, their children 
to the well, show. I mean, like, you look at some of our staff members, like um, you know, like like Mike O'Connell and you know his wife and you know their kids. Like you know now they've got grandkids, and you know, and these were these were kids that were like eight years old when the show started, or you know something like like that. So that's exactly that's exactly what it is. And yeah. the best part is they were extremely annoying back then. Do you hate the competition? And uh, no, nah, they were they were super annoying. But uh, now they're fine young ladies that have their own children and families now. It's funny, man. It's you know, it, yeah. You know, when we call it the Monster Mania, friends and family. I mean, that that it truly is what it is. I remember my Christopher wouldn't even leave the table to go to the bathroom. He laid under the table because everyone was in costume and yeah, he, he would literally to... dart out to run to the restroom. And now he walks around like, yeah, I got it. Come with me. I'll show you where the Riverside Pavilion is. Yeah, he's escorting people now. That's great. Yeah. So, so Dave, how do you still try to make sure that there's a personal touch added to the convention and it's not – just a standard big box convention, if you know what I'm saying, you know, where, you know, because it's, you guys are still a small business. It's literally just a family run business. Yeah. I think a lot of people have the misconception that, you know, we fell into this or, you know, that we're some kind of big corporation and stuff. I mean, I, you know, the, the three people that run it are on the podcast here with you, you know, it's, you know, Dave handles tickets, um, Doug handles vendors and I handle, you know, the, the the other stuff you know whether it's guest announcements or you know lining up guests or you know making sure where our permits are covered and insurance is paid and all that type of thing um you know it's the intention of this has always been to be an event that you can bring that a family of four can go to um and i i don't ever want it to lose that you know feeling uh, i think having it at the hotel lends to that ambiance. I think once you go to a convention center, uh, it becomes a different type of a show. Uh, I've gone to convention center shows, like some really big ones, and not knocking these shows, but like I've gone to the Baltimore Comic-Con, which is huge. And, and, and I walked it, and I was done in about 30 minutes. Um, you know, it was, it's a different vibe to the show. Like the, I, I just think having it at the hotel I think it makes the guest stars more willing to to um, interact with fans. I, I don't know why that is, but I, I truly do think it is that way. I think the big box shows are give you the feel of more of a production uh, a production line type of thing, like you know, like where you're in and out real quick. Um, my reluctance years ago with adding photo ops was that it would create a, a second line for people and you know like i just didn't see the purpose of it but i i think what i've done with this show i think more than than any um i'm trying to utilize the fact that we do have the photo ops and i'm trying to offer things with the photo ops that is different than what you're going to get going up to kane hotter's table and taking a picture of him at the table you know, to have a picture of Kane Hodder dressed as Jason from Part Eight. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. Candyman. You know, all the Jasons that we have. Sid um, Haig. As, as Sid Haig. Ca- yeah, Captain Sid Haig is Captain Spaulding. I mean, whether you've met Sid Haig, you know, five or six times before, man, now's your chance to get a picture with Captain Spaulding. You know, yeah. I want that. You know, um, and, and you know, I just try to. Keep it. I, I, I try to interact with people as much as I can on Facebook. Uh, I can't do it 24 hours a day because I still do work a full time job that at times is, you know, more than what a 40 hour full time job would be. Um, but, you know, I, I try to interact with everybody as much as I can. I know, you know, uh, Dave and Doug do as well. Um, you know, I, I think it's just, to me, I hope it still has that monster mania friends and family feel you know uh it's certainly the way we're trying to present it and you know i hope it comes across that way well it's funny like when you said the photo ops how many times have the five of us you know you and dave myself and either two or three of my kids gotten a photo with a celebrity and the the chances were never really there because we could never pull ourselves away so now having that organized photo op like we did with 
Kate Beckinsale and Val Kilmer. It gave us the opportunity for us to experience something as a family, because what people don't know is there's a whole lot of work that goes into it from, from all aspects. Dad obviously puts in the most Dave and I put in a good amount. I mean, we, we put in a lot of work on it, but it's like when you host a party, you don't actually get to enjoy it. And we don't go around getting the autographs. We don't go around getting photos. So for us to all have photos together, you know, for the amount of work we put in, it's like the one reward we get from it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you look at all the stars that we've had over the over the course of time, me particularly being, you know, the classic monster fan, you know, that I am and the Hammer Horror fan. I mean, there's people, you know, that that are no longer alive that we've had at our shows. Uh, you know, I'd have loved to have had a pro photo op with Ben Chapman and us. and um, Or Ingrid Pitt. Yeah. Well, look at Corey well, Hame. She would, I mean, she would only want it with me, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Like, Corey Hame was hanging out at the ticket table with us, talking to us. And, yeah. you know, just he was like beyond friendly. He was not a celebrity. He was like the dude you could go sit and watch an Eagles game or a Giants game or a Phillies game. You know, he could just hang out at the bar and, and watch a game and just be down to earth with you. And, you know, we don't have any photos with him. Like that opportunity yeah. came and went. And had we had photo ops back then, I think we would have found time to say, oh, he's, you know, doing photos from 8 to 8.15 or 8.30. We're getting up there at 8 o'clock. You know, it yeah. was an organized but event. Even then, how many times have we said, like, you know, you know we say things like that and it's, it's just tough to – tough to break away just because you know the the bus is rolling yeah um so i mean we, we take our opportunities to try to uh you know capitalize on those moments where we you know where things are slower and we can all get together and you know do something as a family especially if it's like a star that we've all enjoyed like you know like a val kilmer or um again if we can do something with like sid Haig, a guy who's been at our show since like show number two with like yeah like hey that would be awesome there, there's a lot that I want from this one, you know. Like, uh, I, I want, I want the Candyman photo with me and Tony. Um, I communicate with Tony a lot on on Twitter um, daily. He puts out like multiple uh, songs from Spotify, and and he's got a uh, his musical taste is so wide ranging, and he picks out such great stuff. I mean, it's you know, I really want to get a, a, a photo op with Tony. Um, I, I want to get one of the Kane ones. Um, I'd like to get one with, with the Jasons that we have together. Definitely want to get a Tim Curry one. I mean, you know, this show and, you know, there's people that I'm going to announce that I want to get a photo op with too. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, this one is really going to be special for me. Can, can you guys, uh, just give like, uh, a little bit of details about how the photo ops work. I, st I still see a lot of questions about photo ops. So if they're listening, maybe you guys can, you know, just give uh, some ideas to how the photo ops work. Okay. So first of all, you need to buy admission to the show, you know, number one. Um, and again, a lot of this is posted on like Facebook and, and things like that. Um, so second of all, you know, you can buy your ticket in advance through Wolf Studios um, or you can pay for it in cash at the show. Wolf Studios will give you, you know, either you know via electronically if you purchase online, you know, you'll you'll get a scan code that or a scan code that you can redeem for like a hard like a physical ticket um, that you then take upstairs you know, for your photo op time. <clears throat> all the all the photo ops you purchase are you know are listed at you know date and times and basically just show up 15 minutes ahead of time you know, with your hard copy ticket in hand and. Uh, you know, give it to the staff members working the lines, and that's about it. Well, yeah, you, you, you uh, when when you get it, you, there's a booth near the elevator. It's the photo op booth, and you take your uh, e-ticket or whatever you want to call it to that booth, and you redeem it for the ticket. The where the confusion or where that where the hassle, I guess, comes in uh, is when people show up to that too early. Um, cause then you got people milling around and you know, the, the best thing to do is do like Dave said, show up about 20 minutes prior to your photo op. Um, everything would run so much more smoothly if everyone would just show up 20 minutes before, not an hour before or not, you know, 45 minutes before, because we just don't have the space to, you know, accommodate, you know, lines for different photo ops. For the most part, I think the photo ops are like, 
at least once every 20 minutes or something like that. So there's plenty of time. Uh, if you show up 20 minutes ahead of time, there's plenty of time, you know, to get you in line and, and get the photo ops done. Um, they do run pretty timely. So, you know, we do ask that you do show up 20 minutes ahead of time, but please not before that. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things is, uh, going back to completely off the, off topic, but, you know, we, for this show, we will have the lobby as part of the convention space again. So that gives us more of an area for the, for the fans that are actually paying to be at the show. Uh, in the past, we've had groups that would, you know, hang out in the lobby. It, it became like its own thing, but the problem was it took away space from the fans that were actually, sure. you know, paying to be at the hotel. So, you know, I mean, as the promoter, what I'm looking out for is the people that, you know, if somebody bought a ticket to be there, I try to make it as, as comfortable and as, as accommodating to them as I can. So by getting the lobby to be part of the convention space, uh, last show, I think you saw really made a big difference. Uh, and it made the fans that were, you know, paying to be at the show much more comfortable. So that will, and that will also give us, you know, uh, a better opportunity to queue up people for the photo ops and things like that, because, you know, that table is going to be in the, in the main lobby there. And the one thing we're going to have to do this time is, uh, because we have photo ops running simultaneously with Tim Curry on Friday and Saturday, you know, they'll have to queue up two lines. So, you know, we definitely need the lobby space to do that. So, you know, again, please don't show up more than 20 minutes ahead of the photo op just to make things run as smoothly as possible. And, and another question we get about the photo ops is like, hey, how long do I have to wait for my photo to print? Um, and, and in the past, there have been like, you know, with other photo companies other than Wolf Studios, uh, there have been, you know, some problems. But literally, essentially, as, as you've taken your photograph and you're getting out of line, um, they're literally like printing it as you're getting out of line. So, I mean, like it, it's coming right out of the printer as you're done. Yeah. I got to say, like I was never a fan of the photo ops. Um, but you know, I think we've, we've utilized them to the best of our ability. And I was totally blown away by, you know, the speed and the uh, professionalism of Wolf studios. I mean, I couldn't have found a better, photo op company you know yeah. they they converted me from being against them to you know sitting home and trying to think of ways we can utilize them better yeah and i think you hit the nail on the head with you know the professionalism and it, it's it's well done it, it's the it's the right partner for monster mania and wolf studio for the photo ops absolutely I, I gotta tell you i've been in other shows and i won't name company names but i've been in other shows where the photo op people are literally yelling at people you know, yelling at them to get in line and all this kind of stuff. I mean, uh, people that have been around the convention circuit a long time know exactly who I'm talking about. And like uh, Wolf Studios is the complete opposite of that. You know, it's they're, they're fun to work with. They're fun to be a partner with. And, uh, you know, I think they treat everybody respectfully and do a hell of a job. You know, if you would have told me that, like, I, I've never seen people turn over the go from photo to you know from from photograph being taken to printed photo i've never seen anybody do it as quickly as they do and the photos look great all right dave we're gonna take a break and when we come back we will have some horror news but when we first come back i'm gonna tell you about the huge snowstorm we got in the after effects so don't go anywhere we will be right back Welcome back to Monster Mania Radio, and uh, man, I'll tell you what, we got hit with a whopper of a snowstorm last week, Dave. Did you really? How much? How many inches did you get, Rob? Well, you're not going to believe things down here. Now, the last time on the podcast that we talked, I was concerned because they were saying, oh man, you got, we're going to get hit big time down here, and they don't have plows. So, Wednesday night, 
you know, this big snowstorm is coming last on last Wednesday. It's coming on Thursday. So we, you know, get all prepared, you know, because we brought our snow, our stuff down from, from PA. We brought our shovels. We brought our salt. We were totally prepared. So we got a whopping three inches. Wow. But. That must, that must have shut down the state for the whole week, right? I am not kidding you when I tell you you're 100% right. We didn't get mail on uh, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. We got mail on Monday. Mail was shut down. Then we did. I thought that the whole mail motto was, uh, dude, it's sleet and rain it. and snow. My wife Kim says the same thing. She's like, "Well, what about the whole thing?" And I said, "Well, they're pretty good in rain." I said, "But the other two, they don't mess with." <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was before FedEx and UPS, <laughs> dude. We didn't even get FedEx or UPS. Nothing. And the kids, the kids were out of school on Thursday, Friday. And then Monday and Tuesday, and then they had a two-hour delay on Wednesday for three inches of snow. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, towards the end of the week, it was 70 degrees. So Sounds like a bad Twilight Zone episode that Big Dave would like. There you go. Hey, it, 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 it's, it literally was. like We were stuck in our house because they'd have no plows. So the roads, I had to go out on Friday to get something. And, I mean, you couldn't go more than seven miles an hour. It was crazy. All right, so here's this. Here's a scoop, people. So if you've listened this far, we actually have a guest announcement for you. Ooh. So it's it's a little bit of a secret. We're seeing who's sticking around and who's listening and who's not. So if you stick around, and you listen, you get a little reward. So Big Dave, if you can share a guest announcement with us, that would be wonderful. Well, Rob, I'm really excited to announce that we've just added Sean Aston to the March show. Uh, Sean has been in most recently, um, stranger things season two, uh, in a major character role. Um, I know he's done some conventions, you know, on the East coast before. Uh, but now if you're a stranger things fan, now you've got an opportunity to get him to sign any kind of stranger things merchandise you might have. Uh, we also have Sadie sink from stranger things season two. Uh, she'll be at the show. Uh, but you know, Sean's also been, you know, in probably everyone's one of their favorite movies, Goonies, uh, the Lord of the Rings series, uh, just on and on and on. Um, but, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a star that I wanted to add for the stranger things purposes and for his, you know, background and all of his other films. Plus for those that don't know, he's the son of John Aston, who was, uh, Gomez Adams in the original Adams family. So, so that, that has really, to score points for you automatically. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, talk to him about, you know, what, what his father was like and stuff like that. You know, if he uh, likes candy corn, you guys can be best friends. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Who doesn't like candy corn, Rob. Come on. Everybody. You can't forget. He was in Skipper Pierce's favorite movie, Rudy. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he was in Rudy. And what a great movie that is. Right, uh, Dave. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> oh, uh, that's a great reference. inside <laughs> joke. We can't reveal it. Um, yeah, but uh, one of the other movies that Doug and I have liked is uh, kids was uh, what was that? Whitewater Summer with Kevin Bacon. Hell yeah, badass. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Kevin Bacon's like the um, kind of like the way too intense uh, camp counselor survival oh, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. he kind of like loses his shit, and uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's. Oh, I and forgot it's a about that movie. One. Yeah, that, yeah. Is a, that is a really good one. I feel yeah, like I we watched that at least once a summer, every summer while we were kids. Uh, we we probably watched that almost like once a day at times. We, you know, <laughs> this is what this is what we put our grandma through. She's like, <laughs> there wasn't much to do in Kentucky, so we were limited. So there you go, people. There's a little secret guest announcement for you. Now, please, as always. Don't share this. Make them listen. We would appreciate it. We put a lot of time and effort into the podcast. And uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. So if you listen, you get rewarded. And don't forget that we're going to have a guest announcement at least every day this week up until Thursday. That's crazy. Crazy. All right, Dave, let's get to some horror news. Okay, well, our friends at AMC are back in the news yet again, uh, this time not for good things. Uh, oh, yeah, 
this one is really not good. Um, OSHA has imposed a maximum fine of $12,675 on the show's production company, uh, Stalwart Films, LLC. Uh, OSHA issued a serious citation for, quote, for the company's failure to, to provide adequate protection from fall hazards, end of quote, following the investigation into uh, a stuntman's death. Uh, stunt a stuntman on the show fell more than 20 feet on the Georgia set of the show on July 12th. According to a sheriff's report of the incident, it took almost a half an hour for Medivac to reach. His name was Berniker. Uh, the sheriff... The sheriff's report also stated that prior to his fall, Berniker had told an actor that he had done, quote, a few high fall stunts before, but, quote, never this high up. And per the report, he seemed nervous beforehand. Berniker was supposed to fall off a balcony and onto a collection of pads, boxes, and, uh, you know, different kind of supporting underneath, uh, but he missed it by a few inches. Production on The Walking Dead was halted following his death, and then it resumed uh, five days later. So, you know, and the scary part of that is the fine for that is $12,675. Yeah, it doesn't seem fair. No. I can remember when I hosted the Friday the 13th Jason's uh, panel uh, a few years ago, and, you know, all those guys, for the most part, all those guys were stuntmen. Um, and they started talking about, I didn't, I didn't know the person's name, but they started talking about how a friend of theirs that was in the stuntman business and all those guys, I mean, you, you want to, you want to feel like you're not masculine, just, uh, sit in with those guys and listen to the stories and stuff that they tell, man, it's amazing. But they were saying how one guy on the set, um, died and they just got a cloth or, you know, a tablecloth or something like that, or sheet, and covered them with it and just kept on filming. You know, they said that they were the most disposable things on the set. Um, I forget, there's one of them related a story how uh, an actress punched a stuntman in the face because she thought that was, like, that was the scene where she was supposed to punch the stuntman in the face, but she wasn't actually supposed to hit him. And, you know the story was that she hit him and didn't realize that they weren't supposed to do that. Like they're treated like such second class citizens, but you know, for, for that guy to fall like that and to, for the fine to be $12,675. I mean, is that, you know, what a person's life is worth? Like, it's just, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's just another, bad story connected with uh, the production of AMC's Walking Dead. It's, it seems like there's a lot of them out there, you know, whether they're getting sued by the creator of the comic book or, you know, things like this. It's just a lot of not good things around it. You know, we, we announced, uh, I think it was last podcast, that Chandler Riggs is going to be a guest at our August show. Uh, people have seen in the news how his father was really super pissed off at AMC because they had led his son to believe that he was going to be on the series for three more years. And then after he bought a house down there, uh, they kill his character off of the show. I mean, there's just a lot of bad mojo surrounding that and viewership is fallen off like greatly. Um, you know, I guess we'll see what the second part of the season brings. So next up on horror news is, uh, tales from the hood Two. Uh, yes. So, yes. <laughs> it's finally happening. Finally. Uh, we've all been waiting. God yep. damn it. It's been too long. <laughs> it's been 20 years since the release of 1995's Tales from the, Tales from the Hood. Uh, director Rusty Kundiev has let it slip on Twitter that the sequel is currently in development. In his since deleted tweet, he revealed that he is scouting locations in New Orleans. Uh, taking inspiration from the former home of Anne Rice, one of the city's more famous authors. Uh, so we will be getting a Tales from the Hood too. I love that Doug is so excited for that. I just love it. I I really like Tales from the Hood. Uh, I you know I mean it it fills its niche you know and uh, I love anthologies and I just uh, you know I'm looking forward to seeing part two or you know Tales from the Hood too. 
Just the name is great. I love it. So then, on speaking of sequels, uh, there's going to be a new Hellraiser coming out. Um, Pass. Uh, this one is called Hellraiser Judgment. Uh, it's going to arrive on Blu-ray, DVD, and on demand beginning February thirteenth, just in time for Valentine's Day. It's been held up forever. Um, it's directed by Hellraiser alum Gary Tunnicliffe, who we actually had at our show when we had the Hellraiser reunion a few years ago. Um, he was the person that was involved in makeup and things like that. Um, but one of the disappointing, I guess you would say, aspects of the film is that Doug Bradley is once again replaced as Pinhead. Uh, the new actor, his name is Paul T. Taylor. And uh, also, um, Nightmare on Elm Street fans will recognize Heather Langenkamp is going to be in the, in the film as well. Um, the one thing I do like about this, and, and you know, I've got my hopes up for it, even though the, uh, the trailer I saw for it didn't look too good. Oh, did good. you see a trailer for it? I didn't yeah. see one yet. I did see it was announced, yeah. but I didn't see a trailer. Well, what I, what I didn't like about the Hellraiser film series as they went on, uh, they, I think Hellraiser 4 was the last one that was written to be an actual Hellraiser. The ones that came after that, they had working scripts that were meant to be other films, and they basically inserted the pinhead character into it and made it a Hellraiser film. Mm. Like Hellseeker, and I forget some of the other ones. Um, where this one was written to be a Hellraiser film. Um, supposedly has some interesting... Cenobites in it. I think one is called like the accountant or something along that lines. And the the pictures that I've seen of the other Cenobites look pretty cool. So I had some hope, you know, up for this. But um, and it's released by Dimension Films. It's all. I mean, for me, I always enjoy seeing the Dimension logo come up on the screen. So when I saw that in the trailer for it, I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. Um, but without Doug Bradley as Pinhead. Um, I, I hate to say that I think it's doomed, but I'd be interested to see what the real story is as to why he's not pinhead in this one. Um, you know, he's worked with Gary before. Um, I know he didn't do the last one, um, but that was kind of like thrown together just so they could keep ownership of the Hellraiser name. Um, you know, I thought this one was going to be, you know, released differently or, 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 uh, the efforts put into it were going to be different, but you know, when they announced that Doug Bradley wasn't going to be pinhead, I think that kind of disappointed all the Hellraiser fans. All right. So you, you hear this one's going to be released on home video, right? So yeah. does, do, do you just, I'm just, well, I don't know. Parts of me wonders like why Yeah, it's not like, I feel like at they, least they with released in, they haven't released a new Hellraiser in a theater in like 20 years. So it, it's yeah, nothing. It's, Four was the last one I think to be released in the theater. I just, I, you know, I know that Cult of Chucky kind of revived the Chucky, right? And uh, I just, I don't know if if this new Hellraiser is necessarily designed to revive that series. So I think speak. it was. I, I think the intention, you know, and I don't know anything. I just, I, I've heard a rumor um, why Doug Bradley didn't do it, um, but I, I can't substantiate that, so I can't publicly say. Um, but you know, I do think they wanted to bring, you know, the Hellraiser series back to what it once was. And, you know, I know Gary's been, Gary's had the script out, you know, floating around for a while. It's something he's been wanting to do. Um, and, you know, and he has the Hellraiser lineage, you know what I mean? Like he was the, you know, the special effects person and makeup person. And, you know, at least, I don't know if he was on the very first film, but I know he was, definitely uh, on you know involved in hellraiser three and i think i think two as well and possibly one um you know i was kind of i was glad to see that they had turned it over to a hellraiser person you know with the script and i was really hoping the best for it and you kind of got worried because it was being held back it, i think it was filmed like a couple years ago um for so for them to sit on this film for so long you know, I, I don't know whether they had intended for it to be a theatrical release. Uh, I doubt it, but, you know, I don't know. Um, and then, you know, the fact that they held it up for over two years, I think. Um, I was offered, uh, the guy that's going to be the new Hellraiser, I was offered him to be a guest at our show 
probably at least a year ago, and that was after a year after the film was released. And I said, you know, let's wait till it comes out and see if there's you know fan interest in it. So um, I guess we'll see come Valentine's Day. How about it? Uh, speaking of remakes and the remake uh, mode that we're in here, uh, Spawn creator, artist, and writer Todd McFarlane is currently working on a film adaptation of Spawn yet again uh, that he promises is going to have a hard R rating. He's also going to be the director. It's the first time he's ever directed a film, uh, but he's going to take it upon himself to direct this. Uh, He also says that the next manifestation of the Spawn character is not going to speak at all in the film, which fans that have read the comic, you know, his character speaks in it. So I was kind of curious as to why he went this route. Uh, his explanation was, uh, I like to explain that it's my Jaws. Uh, Spawn doesn't say a word the entire movie, and it's the same way with Jaws. It's about the sheriff and the people chasing the ghost. That's it. The lead role isn't Spawn. The lead role is a cop like Sheriff Brody from Jaws. So I don't know what that bodes. Um, I'm a, I mean, I'm a pretty big Todd McFarlane and Spawn fan. Um, you know, if if it doesn't have Sam and Twitch in it, I'll be a little disappointed. Uh, if it doesn't have the clown with Violator in it, I'd be disappointed. Not talking, if it's like a, like an inner monologue, I can kind of deal with that. I think it's going to be told from the point of view of the cop that's pursuing him. And uh, I used to be a big Todd McFarlane fan uh, until I actually met him. Do you remember that? <laughs> Do you remember that, Dave? Oh, I, it was a whole fun-filled weekend uh, no yeah. i mean that, that was actually a, a really uh, really fun weekend so what big dave's alluding to is uh i believe it was like the spring of 1993 uh we'd gone up to the nassau two coliseum uh up in long island where the uh new york islanders once played hockey and um you know we, we went to see like todd mcfarland and i think that was like our we'd probably done a couple comic book conventions um yeah but that was like well, one of our what? first like big big comic book conventions what this was, though, Image had had become a huge success. Yeah, Image was and huge. Image started going around doing like Image tours, um, and and this comic book convention was like focused on that. Like, not only was it Todd McFarlane, it was uh, it was uh, Jim Valentino who we almost yeah. killed. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. so uh, so it, it, everybody's there basically to see Todd McFarlane, and I mean we had traveled several hours we had taken a number of trains to get you know to our final destination and um you had gotten up like you know balls ass early in the morning and there's this huge line waiting outside before the doors even open and um you know this this guy comes walking up and tries like getting in the front and and i'm not saying people were like ready to murder him but Uh, i think they were it was not going well and he's like excuse me i'm jim valentino i'm uh you know like the shadow hawk guy and they're like, ah, all right, you know. You well, get I a, mean, it, it, he just—he barely escaped with his life, dude. They were like yelling and screaming at him. Oh yeah, and then, you yeah. know, he, he turned and he said, "Hey, I'm Jim Valentino." Like he was trying to explain, you know, why he was <laughs> trying to get to the front of the of the trying to get in the building ahead of everyone else. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was a memorable moment. But I mean, there were hundreds, maybe you know, a thousand plus people, uh, even before the doors opened. So. uh no, I mean, so going back to where we're at with Monster Mania now, we you know we certainly understand like, like hey, if you want to meet somebody, you got to get your ass in line early, you know, because I mean we we probably woke up at six in the morning to get in line to, you know, to see McFarland and Big Dave is not an early morning person. I'll put it that way. So what happened with Todd? <laughs> so we get in line right, and Todd McFarland's sitting at a table along the wall, and um. You know, finally, Dave's in front of me, and we've got, I think, Spawn 4 had just come out. Um, and, and if I remember correctly, like that had some kind of coupon in it that, you know, if you had the coupon version of it, it was worth more money. This was back in when people thought, you know, they were going to pay for their college tuition with comic books. Ah, um, that's what Big Dave thought. Yeah, well, <laughs> so uh, so Dave goes goes up to him. He signs his stuff. And then he points at me, and he goes, uh, "Kick that guy out. He he jumped the line." And I'm like, "No, no, that's my son. No, no, no. You cut in front of people. You cut the line. Kick kick him out of the line." And like security was coming over, 
to kick me out of the line. And I'm like, dude, you know, that's my son. Like, I'm arguing with these people. Like, I don't know why he chose me, but he was adamant about kicking me out of his line. And I, I told security, I'm like, I never saw that guy in my life. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't say that. Because I, I, it's funny that we're we're talking about this because like two years ago, I asked Big Dave. I was like, "Hey, you know," because sometimes Big Dave will say like, "Oh, do you know about guest about guest potential or whatever?" And I brought up Todd McFarland, and he went on this whole rant about it. And I was like, "Oh, never mind." So that yeah. was out the window. <laughs> yeah, he he burned his bridges with me, man. Man, that I, sucks. I don't I don't know why. I don't know. Like you know, I I guess I was older than most of the fans standing in line. And maybe he thought I was, you know, one of those guys that, you know, was going to open up a briefcase and pull out, you know, uh, 50 copies of Spawn or something from the sign. Like, I don't know what the impetus or what made him say that, but I, you know, I, I refused to get out of line. Like they were going to have to arrest me to get me out of line because I, I was where I was supposed to be. I didn't cut in front of anybody, you know, and I was not leaving that line. And so you weren't even getting anything signed, were you? Yeah, I was. I was oh. well. Actually, I was getting something signed because I, I think there was a maybe a two comic limit. So, um, you know, I was trying to get something signed for Dave. I think. Um, I think we were trying to get. I think issue four of Spawn was out at that point, and I think I was trying to get issues one, two, three, and four signed. I, I could be wrong. I mean, it was you know a long time ago, but I think that was the intention. You're wrong. And uh, and he wound up. You know, he signed for me, but I mean. I don't know what the hell brought that on, but and then we went to see him again at the Philadelphia uh, Civic Center. Did we? Yeah, Rob. Notice how I'm not involved in any of this. I garbage. was going to say, well, you know, oh, what oh, was... oh Doug would have, Doug would have hated. You would have hated every goddamn second of it. Yeah, uh, it, dude, it was... I I would get so wild in that case. <laughs> oh God, it would be fantastic. Now, this is like plus, a young dog too. Yeah, I mean, plus at the time, you know, uh, I was how nine. Old were, how old were you, Dave? I was thirteen. Uh, was fourteen, going on fourteen. Okay, so Doug would have been what eleven. Doug yeah. at eleven would is not a child you would have taken to a comic book convention. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you, you, you Doug, Doug, Doug is an adult. Child you is, want to take is a risk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got Big Dave uh, almost thrown out of a Flyers game for taking too many mustards. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Rob, it, it, we've it, lived an amazing life. It, it was, sounds I think, it, I think it's been it, fun. You, too many mustards. I'm like, I got a fucking hot yeah, well, dog. Uh, we're at a Flyers game, right? And uh, we got at the like, spectrum. A, like Yeah, at the Spectrum. In the 90s. And we each got a hot dog. And I grabbed, uh, I think, like probably like five mustards. You know, and this mustard police woman flies out of nowhere. I'm like, no, 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 you got to put that back. It's too many mustards. Like, you know, what the hell is this? I mean, you know? can, I, like, can I be honest? Five mustards for one hot dog is a little excessive. I, I, think, no, was was I think Doug was grabbing mustard for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not like I'm going to go outside and sell them. Mustard packets here, 25 cents. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, dude. You know, <laughs> y'all got any of mustard packets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so spicy we, ones. we were taught how to control and unleash our anger at an early age. <laughs> so, so, like, when I do it at any kind of kids sporting event or anywhere that requires me to go ape shit, um, I just uh, afterward, I think back and was like, dad would probably be proud of what just happened. So, Dave, do you still have uh, the the autograph Spawn comics? Yeah, I've actually got them. Uh, I don't know how many like long boxes I have, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I've seen them within the last couple months. Nice. I've been going I, through. I with, used uh, to love that comic series, but I tell you what, uh, I I wrote a, a story about it a long time ago. I actually blame Todd McFarlane for ruining the collectible toy business. I totally agree with you. I I read that story that you wrote. I can't agree more. Explain why. Todd McFarlane, originally, I had I was a dealer many, many, many years ago when it was Todd's Toys. Uh, that was the name of, of McFarlane Toys years before, and I had a, an account with uh, Todd McFarlane. And all you had to do really was contact them, and there was no case you know, requirements or anything like that. And you know they would send you whatever you needed because he was just trying to get his toy line out there. He then got a contract with KB Toys. 
And once that happened and he became McFarlane Collectibles, then all of a sudden, you know, you had to have an eight case limit or a 10 case limit, I think, for each product that came out. And at this time, you know, he was starting to get into, you know, uh, starting lineup went out, went away. And now he was going to try to take over the sporting lines, you know, for toys with baseball and football and anything else that he could do. Plus, he had really taken advantage of the chase figures. So, you know, everyone got all hopped up on these chase figures, you know, like the Angela with, you know, different color paints or, you know, the, the ham, ham, yeah, hamburger face spawn, you know, all these different spawn figures that, you know, he was trying to drop in the cases and he did the same with football and he still does the same with the sports guys. It destroyed the, the it destroyed it. Because then everybody was making toys and everybody had exclusives and everyone had chase figures. You know, I can remember calling their hotline, being a member of the McFarland Toy Collectors Club. And you would call and you would get like, you know, the, the uh, you know, the, this spawn or that spawn or, or this Angela or whatever, you know, you would get from them and stuff. And then all of a sudden it be, he wrote, drove it into the ground. But and that's exactly the same mentality that, you know, essentially killed comics in yes, you know, the yeah. early 90s. So, I mean, he basically just took what comics were doing at the time and like, I'm just going to fuck, I'm going to apply it to toys. And I still I still love, you know, some of of his McFarlane toys. I still do, you know, whether or not. And I don't I don't have a grudge. It's just like at the time I was a dealer and I was going to shows and I was selling, you know, when the Spawn movie came out, for instance, I did a show when I was out on the West Coast. We could not keep like we were taking the figures out of the cases and putting them on the table and they were selling as soon as they hit the table. You know, and I can remember there was even pop-up toy stores that were collectible toy stores that were a lot of them around at that time. And now there's not really any. You know, there's just there's there's few and far between because now you have you know, FYE and, you know, uh, all these other stores that carry the toys anyway. Actually, so, uh, Hot Topic. Hot Topic. And, and Spencer's. And Funko is like, you know, the Funko Pops is that is that new version of that, you know, where they have the chase figures and stuff. And But I don't know if they're ever really going to retain a ton of value. I just I just don't know, you know. It's, yeah, it's, and, it's crazy. I, I think that the, the sculpts on um, – the McFarland toys was awesome. Oh, dude, um, so good! You know, uh, you know the, the the horror ones that I got. I think it was Candyman, and um, oh, he did a, a Norman Bates dressed his mother. Yes, um, yeah. I mean, Mo- really maniacs line. Yeah, the, the really great looking sculpts. I mean, you know, uh, you know, in the past, you know, Bell Lugosi is somebody that you know I've seen so many toys of Bell Lugosi, and hardly anyone ever got it right. Uh, I think at the same time that McFarland was out. McFarland Toys was out. Um, Sideshow was doing their uh, Universal Monster seven-inch figures. That's I actually prior to Monster Mania, the convention used to be Monster Mania, the website that sold you know uh, horror movie collectibles, which is something I, I'm going to get back into again probably when I retire from retail. Uh, I mean, I still have, I do still have a lot of those you know figures and things like that, but. You know, the, the, that was a great time to be a toy collector it in was. the very beginning. It was. You know, it was great. McFarlane was out with with his stuff. And, you know, even the sports stuff that, you know, he still does. I mean, uh, although he's not my favorite person in the world, I mean, I got to give credit to, uh, you know, the artists that do the sculpts and stuff. Uh, his lines are, you know, they're dead on. I mean, they are really, oh, really. He, cha- he changed toys, though, forever. Yeah, you know he he did because at the at the same time you know Star Wars toys were starting to become popular again with the Power of the Force line and there were exclusives that were you know specifically through the Star Wars website you know or you had to contact you had to call a number and place an order so you know that's like the kind of the infancy of of the internet you know it was like so crazy to 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 be in that era I mean toy shows were so fun. So fun back then. It was it was just nuts. I, I just I had a blast. I don't miss collecting and I don't miss selling that stuff. But you know it was it was a good time. I had a lot of fun back then. Yep, I, I agree. All right, so Dave, we are going to wrap up this episode. We've had a, I, I've actually had a really great time tonight. I think that you know the the secret guest announcement was awesome. I think that you know a little insight into you know Monster Mania was great. The horror news was good. 
Uh, just a couple reminders. If you don't follow Monster Mania on Facebook, please go to Facebook. Give it a like. Give it a click on that on that little button there that says, you know, get all the updates as soon as they come out. Because as Dave mentioned, this week you will have a, a new guest announcement for just about every day of the week. And you don't want to miss those. And make sure you follow Monster Mania on Twitter at MonsterManiaCon. You can follow me at Rob Dimension. You can give my YouTube page a, a little follow there if you'd like. YouTube.com backslash Rob Dimension. And we are going to tell everyone you need to get your tickets. If you don't have tickets, you know, go get your tickets online. You can go to MonsterMania.net. Right on that website there, you can get all your photo ops. You can get all your information. You can see all the guests and uh, any other info that you need. Anything else that you want to add to this, Dave? Uh, just um, Doug has a Facebook page, too. Um, just was it Doug Hagen Monster Mania, Doug? Yes, sir. So you can follow the uh, the voice of reason on he Facebook. Is, there, I'm telling you, uh, if when I, I mean, if I have problems, I'm gonna come to Doug. Oh <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Wait, what the hell's that mean? I don't know, man. I, I, I have doctor, a... Hey Rob, here's what I would do. Uh, <laughs> 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 Yo, okay, that's sometimes an option. I mean, it's and it's probably going to get bleeped out, but whatever. Probably it'll at least get a bleep, but people will then wonder what the hell did they just say? Dude, I have some rational thoughts. There is occasionally they're they're rational. Dude, you should see me, Coach. I am completely rational. I'm already looking forward to the costume contest, too. Can I just tell you? I'm not. Aren't we dressing up? We are. Make sure that if you enjoy the podcast, you give it a, you know, make sure you tell your friends. You can look for us now on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. We're available for your ears, and we will see you guys soon.